Welcome to Voices Rising Podcast. I'm Shelley. And I'm Sarah. We are two book lovers, writers, and publishers coming to you from the mountains of Colorado. Every week we bring you new topics about life, books, writing, publishing, and much more. Let us know what topics you're interested in hearing more about. We are here to connect with you and support you. story? Join us today in our book club for Voices Rising podcast, where we explore Mary Carr's The Art of Memoir and dive into so much about how you start a memoir, where do you start, what do you do, what not to do, all of the good nitty gritty details. Join us here today. Reached out to three different fiber people. Oh yeah. And it's like 170 and another one's 200. And they're like level two sellers, which means that they've like done X amount of sales. They've sold this much money and they have five, like all these five star ratings. For this is like the formatting. The interior yeah. person. Yeah. So I like, I reached out yesterday to all of these people. Cause nice. I'm like, right. Um, almost ready. That's Ooh. like, yeah. and they have like a five day turnover. Dang. Mm-hmm. So the cover and then I have all of it. But the I'm like, finding. The, yeah, so after he does, or they do that, then they'll tell me how big this is, and then I can have my other Sarah do this. So I am I was thinking that, I mean, I'll, she'll play with it, but yeah, we'll put our thing, our voices rising, press, just the... Just the logo part, logo yeah. down there. And then, yeah, like, my book, like, Awaken You, and then my name. Ooh, and then part of me, amazing. though, was like, ah, I, like, want to have, like, I kind of want to have things on the back. Where people, like... Review yes. it kind of. I mean, all right. One if and yeah, your mom you? would, your stepmom would probably right. Yes. yes, the lady who owns the studio where I did my yoga teacher training. She started reading it and she was like, "It's raw, vulnerable, and has the power to transform." Ooh. So she she just read two chapters. Put that so far. in there. Uh huh. I was like, "Well, yes. will you write that up?" And then Karina, she was another one of my yoga teachers, teacher teachers at my teacher training, who's fucking awesome. So I'm like, if them and you, and then if I can get Sarah Maneras, like. Yes, like, cause yes. like this one's just little, There's like this like one three. just says yeah. instructs and inspires. Like if I, she just put raw and tra- that one you just said, exactly. She, Cause like, can you write that? I mean, in that's words? like, hell yes. You Fuck can even put yeah. that on the front. Like I saw one book yeah. um, that had like a review, like a, like one liner review like that at the top. Oh, and then with the that thing. little short one, that would be yeah. kind of good. And so it's like, it really catches your eyes when you're, cause you're like raw. Right, like this one kind of does too, right? Oh, is that what it does? Will be the definitive book on reading and writing memoir for years to come. Cheryl Strayed. Oh, that's Cheryl Strayed who wrote fucking Wild. For Mary Carr. Yeah. Dude, I didn't even realize that was at the time. I didn't either. You just said it it Yeah, because I was thinking of a different book actually. Totally. It was like in a banner, but this is like a, this is cool So maybe I'm going to do that. I'm going to reach out to them and just see if. People will, and if yeah, you want to, I will. Yeah, of course. totally. I've, I mean, I'm going to read your, your Well, even if you want to just plug it in and like listen to the first two chapters course, so you yeah. get the new vibe of it, it's oh, way sure. different. I do. That's roller. Yeah. I know. I listen like, to that book. Oh, I actually like listen to it on mostly just one or one and a half, and I did it at like a few chapters a day and just kind of. Really... But I read it like four times, and I think I'll be. Yeah. yeah. I was like rereading it, and like, this is good for me before I get kickstarted on my memoir again. Yes, me too. I was thinking yes. that, like, I really. See, and I'm like, I love her book, too. She has the freaking quotes at the beginning. I love how and her, I how love that too, right? hers up. 
um, you listen to it, but like I like how they set it up like that. It's so nice. It's totally. Like, well, I did read, I read the first maybe four chapters and then sat on it for, I don't know, forever. Totally. <laughs> Ten months later, totally. I'm like, here, Shelly, have your book yes. back. Here we go, Art of Memoir. I do, I do love the way she writes, though. She's so, like, meaty with her words. And she says writing a memoir is like eating a shit sandwich. Okay, so she is the one that She's says the, the one shit that sandwich. Says this, yeah, okay. taking responsibility and not doing a cover-up job. Ah, Which, who else says, Elizabeth Gilbert says that, too. She uses that metaphor, does too. Does she? Yes. Interesting. I'm pretty oh, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, shit sandwich. I think you're right. Yes, and I say it in my book, too, but I say, I more resonate with piles of shit opposed to sandwiches. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, it's a common thing. Yes. I love that she's just so raw and open and vulnerable about everything. Yes. Which makes me kind of want to read her memoir. I actually, it's really good. The Liar's Club? Yeah. Yes. Wait, because... That's the one where she talks about. I'm pretty sure it's her. That's like her she first got, one. Like, yes, yeah, she got raped by her dad That's when she was up. a little girl, and her sister was like, "Well, I don't understand my dad would do it to you and not me." And oh she yeah, goes, maybe it's because you weren't cute enough. <laughs> you weren't cute enough, I know. And then that's why she says, "I have dark. I have a dark side of my yes, humor, and which is good. You have instead to be, of being like like because it's almost like her sister discounting like that didn't happen to you because it didn't happen to me. Like our dad raped me, you fucking asshole. Yeah, have compassion, you totally what. And sometimes well, it comes out as, like, inappropriate humor, I think. If your memoir isn't true and you haven't, if the facts in there, you don't really feel like you're being honest with your readers. Totally. She's like, those people have sh- have paid money thinking it's a true story. And it's sort of like a, sh- you know, a little bit of a shysty practice to put yeah. fiction mixed in with your memoir. Yes. And thinking that that's okay. Like, no, be honest. Like, tell the truth and... I love how she just talks about how and gives so many examples of great memoirists. Oh, and yeah. Books and, like, um, this is some that she, like, her favorite books are Black Boy, a.k.a. American Hunger, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings, which I know that's Maya which Angelou. I want to read that one. <gasps> that so would be a good that. one. And then A Childhood, The Biography of a Place, Dispatches, The Woman Warrior, she has a ton, Stop Time, The Kiss, Down and Out in Paris and London. She has, like, a whole list of... Oh, my gosh. She goes into this list of, like, this the best life. memoirs to oh. read. Did you ever see that movie? I never read the book, no. but This Boy's Life. That. movie was out, though. You never have seen This mm. Boy's Life. Oh, my gosh. It's oh. so crazy. So it's, like, a girl who wants to be a boy, and it's, like, her whole story. Huh. And in real life, like, he, she, they, whatever you resonate with for that person, got raped by all these boys, and they killed her. And it oh was, it's so fucked up and so brutal, but also such a fucking beautiful story. Yeah. And it's a memoir and it's true and real. I'm like, oh. Wow. But I like what you were talking about, like going back to like how she talks about, there's some memoirists who say that their books are only 75% nonfiction. And then there's like that 25% of like fiction that they add in there. Yeah. I think right? that's kind of bullshit. It's like, <laughs> look, if you want to just make up your own story, like that's fine, but I don't think you should classify it as memoir. Yes. Think like, like creative, creative fiction with a twist of memoir or something. Right. Yeah. yeah like creative personal fiction or something. Right. I don't know. I mean, right. I wouldn't even call that nonfiction at that point. Yeah. But, and so I love her approach about, and she says like, go through all your memories and write them down, but then Maybe exclude ones where you feel unclear or where you question yourself on. Like, she's like, well, take those out then. Yeah. You know, only put the ones in there that you 
no, like there's details in there that just couldn't be made up. And Mm -hmm. maybe there's things you can use to verify that and be like, yes, I know that happened. And I'm just going to be like a straight shooter with my readers because that's like the one job I think you have as a memoir is like, just tell the fucking honest. Yeah. yeah, Honest (laughs) to God truth. Well, but it's hard because she even says too, you have to be careful when you're talking to people about your memories because the collective memory will were will wash away your memory and then you'll start like rethinking like oh my gosh wait did that happen or did what I say happen did I say it happened and that happened with me in my memoir and I remember because I've read this book I think I first read this book about four years ago and I read it like listened to like four times like a crazy person and then I started my memoir and then I had to back off how she talks about in this book like just be ready when you're going to start your memoir that you're going to bring up so much shit and so much pain. And it's so, as you know, like it's so true. And face, I think, these vulnerabilities of yourself, maybe even for the first time and say, gosh, you know, maybe in my head I had so self-justified that. And now I see like, yeah, I had definitely more role in it than I maybe originally thought. Or you know how you just can like tell yourself oh, that wasn't really my fault. Or or that wasn't that bad. That wasn't that bad. And then you start to really examine it and write it out and get into the scene and you're like... Like, that was fucked up. Yeah, that was pretty bad. <laughs> yes, and I think it's like in writing memoir, it's, it's so important to allow yourself to validate however that you felt about whatever experience, whether it was deemed good or bad or whatever... Like, yeah, like take off the labels and just write what And just is. be. Yeah. yeah. And I love it said, no one elected me the boss of memoir. I speak for no one but myself. Every writer worth her salt is, is it sui generis? I think Maybe so. it's like some yeah. English proverb. Uh, memorist methods with regard to handling actual events, memory, research, dealing with family and other subjects, legal, whatnot, voices, etc. differ from mine as widely known, as widely as their lives do. Where I've learned from others, I add it. But this is no com- compedium. Sometimes I've heard time reading words. But popular approaches to the form. Anyway, I just love how she's like, no one, like, I'm not saying that I am the know-it-all memoir, but she's been, what is she, she's like, teach, she teaches courses on, like, how to write a memoir and how to be authentic. Yeah, and, yeah, like writing courses and memoir courses. And I mm-hmm. think, so I looked it up. <laughs> that means of its own kind. The sweet junior. And it's pronounced thank you phone thank you sweet generous sweet generous sweet generous thank you (laughs) i appreciate you it's so funny like i know that i have struggled with dyslexia like since i was a little girl but i didn't know at the time but like it's so weird how sometimes i will like read things and i can't understand and it's fine and i have to be like it's fine yeah i'm gonna break it into pieces but i can read really well (laughs) Like, I've overcome that. Like, I can read really. It's like, it's pretty cool because my daughter has really bad dyslexia. And it's like cool to know that no matter if you have a learning challenge, that you can overcome it with practice yeah. and time and, and extra patience. tools and knowledge. And Yeah. It's yeah, weird. And dyslexic minds are more creative minds. Which, right? Thank Problem you. Solvers. I will take that. Yes. Yep. Yeah, you just learn differently. So it's good. Yeah. Especially to like, in this genre of like memoirs, whatever, getting off the dyslexic thing, but just like being true to your authentic voice and like crafting that voice, right? Mm-hmm. Which can be And hard. she goes into the voice a lot. I feel like that's another part of her 
like overall message maybe of the book is just like develop your voice. Like the book, you can it could be so well written with amazing descriptions, and yet it falls flat and it's a dud and no one connects with it because your voice is not the voice is not consistent. It's not strong. It's not believable. Like yeah. the the unpleasant, ugly facts is what makes the story more more believable. Because yes. I think one of her lines is, you know, you can't have all the best lines. You know, like you can't be the smartest one in the room every time. Like yeah. that's just bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. You know, like yes. be honest. Like that one she talks about, um, I think it was in Black Boy or whatever. It's like he has like these dark desires that he reveals and is honest about and you're like, ooh, that's scary. But you're like, wow, I'm kind of glad someone else said that. That's it, weird things. Yeah. Yes. And there was another memoirist that she's talking about who like had sex with her cousin, who like didn't want to say it, but it was like that is what happened in her story, but, and it yeah. was very authentic. Right. Yeah. And so one of her like advice pieces for authors of memoirs is to go out and read like a hundred right memoirs by other people, and I think I definitely haven't read that many. <laughs> One of the very first books that turned me on to it was Angela's Ashes oh, okay. by Frank McCourt. Have you ever read or heard of that one? It's just like, it's super raw and harsh and it's long, but it's amazing about mm. and real and raw about his childhood growing up in Ireland in a very poor family with like an alcoholic father who drank the family's money away and they had to go out and like collect coal in the streets for heat and... I mean, you're just like so there. I don't know. I yeah. have vivid memories of reading it and being transported to wherever yeah. he took me. That was like my very first memoir was Victor Frankl's A Man's Search, Man Search for Meaning. And have you ever read that? I haven't, no. Ah. So he was taken um, into the death camps, like the Nazi camps. And yeah. he survived. And like his whole, like just like the raw awful horridness and like watching everybody die and I got so depressed when I was oh my gosh yes. I listened to it and it was so sad but he how old were you and it was I probably read that listened to that five years ago yeah and but he talks about how no matter what you're experiencing that you get to choose like what you think about so no matter how awful or starved he was being or brutally beaten and watching people die that he got to choose the way that he responded inside and it's Mm. fucking beautiful and awful and sad and vulnerable and blue and makes you just have like a whole new perspective on life that book was is a hard one to get through I think for some psycho reason I listened to it twice and I like (laughs) fell into like a deep depression (laughs) after I was like Oh my God, this is so sad. Gosh, I was on this like Nazi World War II phase for so long. I think in high school I read um, The Diary of Anne Frank. Oh my gosh. Which I'm sure most kids have to read at some point. But I really got into it and then I started doing all this other research and book reading on it. And maybe that was like my first memoir, maybe. Yeah, in high school. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. And I loved um, Educated by Tara Westover was like another one that was like mm-hmm. really big for me. That was like, wow. Which we did a up. book we club We did a book club, yes. yes. One of our first, or if first club. Yes, awesome. well, and Mary Carr. And I also did um, read or listen to her Liars Club. Mary Carr is the author of, of the the Art the of art Memoir, of the memoir. book that we are book clubbing, club, clubbering, clubbering right We're now. We're clubbing a book We're today. <laughs> She's just so witty, though, and just oh yeah, awesome how she just, like, lays it out there. And yeah. I love, too, how just 
like from the get go, like she's talking about just like being like true and authentic to your voice and to your story. And even though like a lot of things, it's hard to like share your truth and like the vivid descriptions and details of like experiences, but that's what readers like. Mm -hmm. Like like, with your book, Sarah, Deconstructed. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like just like getting in it where you just feel like you're like with you when you're a little girl experiencing it. Yeah. That's how I imagined it to be. So yeah. And I think she writes to, re- there's all these reasons she goes to not write a memoir, which I think were really important. So I like wrote this Oh, down. I like that. Yeah. I didn't. She says, if you have a bad memory. If you have a bad memory, don't write a memoir. She goes, first of all, if you have a bad memory, lucky you. <laughs> you don't have to do all this deep shit. You don't have shit. to do all this like yes. processing. Yes. But um, if not, if you have a great memory, then maybe you should maybe you're a good candidate to write a memoir. Yeah, totally. The, uh, another good reason is for therapy. She's like, don't treat it like this is, writing this book is going to be like your one and only therapy or whatever. Like, Which I like did and didn't all the way resonate with that because I do for myself, like I feel like writing is super healing. But totally. I see what she's saying. Like don't depend on writing to like heal like or don't you. have your book just be about your therapy yeah path or whatever like True. have it be an Which actually like resonate and book. don't yeah i mean that me one. too i had yes. a little bit like but it is therapeutic yeah totally and it's not the only reason to write a memoir you're right i guess is what she's saying mm-hmm. it's not revenge oh that don't write it for revenge if you still have anger and hurt and you're not willing to like dive in and find out more and be curious about that yes. situation and take responsibility own things right if you're willing to if you just want to go out there and like blast somebody totally don't write them which i did that with like one of my drafts with bernice in my book Mm, i had someone read it and she's like i can feel that you're angry and you're hurt and you're being really mean and i took it all out and i was like okay and i had to look at it and be like well fuck that i that's how i feel and then i was like oh yeah i was just being hurt and mean i get it that was good that's good which is also why she says i think don't write Something you're super close to, like on a timeline, like, like if you're going to your a divorce. most recent like divorce within the last even decade, I think she says it's like put everything See, like that's a decade or that. more, and maybe it could know. be moved closer. Yeah. But I think definitely within like three to five years, like I think just give, give it yourself some space to grow and yes, kind of process and really get the full perspective because when we're close to something, like it's just super raw and we're more prone to like blame and yeah like totally I see that revenge mode maybe a little yeah I can see that (laughs) and yeah I could see that too like now I'm looking back on and I hope I did a good job with my like parents and stuff where I tried to present all sides of my relationship with them including how much I loved them and like how much I was hurt by their actions but kept kind of coming back like hoping it would be different yeah and um you know, trying to be curious about like how hard that maybe they had it thinking from their closed minded viewpoint, like I was the one that was pushing so hard against them and questioning and always knocking down on the doors of their beliefs and like that must have been hard on them too. Like, that would really. be so hard. I have you know? a kid like that. Yeah. And, it is and if hard. I was trying not <laughs> me too. My daughter yes. is always and I'm like, if I had this really strict religious belief that I was trying to cram down her throat, like God help me. Like shit. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally. It'd be fucking hard. And yes. so like I also feel compassion and I can see from that viewpoint like, oh man, like that must have kind of sucked for them too. Totally. But you can still just write it as it was yeah and let it be and let it like 
don't have to make other people form opinions. I'm just putting the facts out there and it's open for interpretation basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I think that's an important point. I'm like, that is super valid, you know? It is. Well, and I think it's easy when you're writing your memoir to think of all of like the shit and awful things. And then I felt myself like, I was like, I need to search and like, for instance, for with my birth mother, I was like, I needed to search and like write something like, there's got to be something like nice that she did. And it's really easy for our minds to just be like, oh God, all the bad, all the bad. And I did, I found, I was like, you know what? She did do some nice things that I can remember. And I felt like it was valid to like plug those in there. Yeah. Because I was thinking I might go back and plug in some things that I like, particularly with the like ending part of my marriage. Like, I think I wrote more negative wherein it was waffling there was so positive mixed in. It's like, that's why you stay, you know, is because they totally. keep kind of putting out there like, oh, but you're still loved and taken care of. And totally. then bam, like, oop, nope. Oop. <laughs> Choke you out, bitch. <laughs> yes, abuse, abuse, nice. Yes. Abuse, nice, nice, abuse. Like, in, Cover it's like it that up. rat in the I'm taking experiment care of you, where you, you have a house. You never know what you're going to get and you keep coming back hoping for the reward. I would not change a thing about your that part I think you did an excellent job thank you You really did a really good job was that three yeah I think part three yeah there was four parts yeah so part three I think that you hit it spot on it was so emotional and you could tell that he loved you so much in the beginning and he really did like when there was that the beginning like courtship phase was like super and then you just find out like he's a creepy that's the way that yeah (laughs) that's the way narcissism is though is like your first love bomb and then you only present your like other face in short little doses and then bam. Totally. Well, it's easy. And it's hard to like write that with authenticity and not be like victim blaming. Like, you know, like, or I'm just trying to show up for it and be like, yeah, I made shitty decisions. Before. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then some of her next topics are like, are you ready to write the memoir? Like if you've decided that your reasons are pure or whatever your pure intention <laughs> you have passed the first gate uh, which not even that they need to be pure just if you're like i have to write this no I but like you've determined like, that like yes. you have good reason it's not like these negative maybe yes yeah, so you're not like trying to be resentful and getting back at yeah somebody, all exactly things. and like maybe you have a shitty memory you're just going to make stuff up and tell people it's real or whatever yeah like, exactly if you're knowing that it's a good fit and then and if you're willing i feel like to step up and tell your fucking truth that's basically the next thing she's like are you ready to write the memoir is are you ready to occupy that space mentally are you ready to go back to those memories and kind of relive them jeez is that weird Oh my gosh. How's that big fluffy enough for you with his big old Fluffer sacky nuts. balls? Oh, I need to get them. Do you know when they neuter them, they actually chop off their balls? Yes, I they know. They take their balls. The out. The whole balls. Mm-hmm. Bloop, cut it I off. Know. Junie's like, I feel bad for him. We should not do that to him. I'm like, well, he's so humpy. He has such a red rocket. He's like, <laughs> he's so humpy. He's so humpy. Even my dog who's neutered is that way sometimes. Oh my god, Joy literally bangs him. Joy loves Jasper. He wants to put his wiener in his face. Oh my god. <laughs> All the time. Joy will literally sit on him and hump him for like seven minutes with no break. And it's like, that is kind of nasty. Is Jasper Are you like, okay with it? Oh, he doesn't. He'll just chew on his chew. He thinks he it's great. It's so weird. Jasper, Joy will get right up here and just, he's like humping hard, hard, hard. Jasper is so small. It's like he's the size of his foot. You mean Joy? Yeah, Joy. I mean, Joy, yes. He's nine pounds. Jasper, Jasper weighs 70 pounds. Oh, God. He weighs one, literally one-seventh of Jasper. <laughs> 
one seven. Yeah. Oh God. Pervy little pervy dogs. <laughs> Size gap relationships. <laughs> I was gonna read this. This was from um chapter twenty. It's it says warning label. For decades, lecture audiences have questioned me at length about the roller coaster reversals of my second and third books, Cherry and Lit. I know nobody else else's reversals intimately enough to set them down. Some of this I've glanced past in other writing, and while repeating myself is oh my god, her words. What is this word? No, I can't read. Anathema. Today. Anathema. I don't know what that is. Please, Sarah, like look that up. Anathema, I'm pretty sure, means like something that excludes She's something really else. Good with words. Like you can't have. It says, repeating myself is anathema. The lessons belong here. It's like something or someone that vehemently dislikes, a, like it, you can't have the one with the other. Um, something detested or shunned. So it says, whether you're a practitioner or not, if you can't suffer another word about my own work, Feel free to bound over this to the next chapter, which is really fucked up. Like, so it just goes to show that no matter what you put out into the world, like, or how successful, seemingly successful you are, this is a New York Times bestseller. There's yes. fucking haters and there's people who are going to talk shit about your work. And Right. If you're putting it out there, like, develop some tough skin. Right. Basically. Well, and just like we were saying about her sister, and I don't, I think it's in the Liars Club, how she... You know, like her so sister that, confronts yeah. her and is like, well, like, I don't understand why dad would do that to you, but not to me. And she's like, I guess you weren't cute enough. Yeah. And it's like, by her saying that, it's like, you don't get a discount that your dad sexually molested your sister. Like how fucked up is, if I heard that, oh my, right? I couldn't and, and even pretend, imagine. That's like gaslighting when you pretend yes. something didn't happen. Like that didn't happen to you because it didn't happen to me. it wasn't serious or something. Yes. Like. Which is so messed oh, up. Oh, you're overreacting. Like, wasn't that bad? Yeah, like really, not that I can't Hello. even imagine that. I would like, I would murder my husband. I wouldn't even. I, I, yeah, I'm like, saying this publicly. Just to be honest, if that ever happened, that would cut off his penis and balls. God, right? I yes. <laughs> I would castrate him. Well, that's your ugly truth that she says you have to face. <laughs> yeah, that is my that is my one hundo person. If I found out that. Anybody, I'm like, oh, I can't even imagine that. God, but yeah, so that's interesting. Like, people, like, and I, I'm trying to think of, like, what were they saying about her books? I know, we're getting kind of that, just taking in criticism with yeah. a grain of salt, in understanding everyone's gonna, like, two people might say exactly opposite things. Yes. And it's like, okay, it's whatever. Ten you know? people, you're gonna have ten yeah. different perspectives of any story. Yeah. Well, that's what she talks about, Mary Carr talks about in this book, is like, I think it was after one of those books, her mom and her sister called her and were like, that didn't happen. La, 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 la. And mm. they were just saying all these things. And she's like, well, that's what happened to me. That was like my, that was my perspective. Mm -hmm. And she even talks about how you can, to summon up your memories, which was crazy. I was like reading this last night and I've been wanting to get back into my memoir, but like just not ready for the emotional garbage that comes along with it. But she was saying how you can just do, like, a meditative practice and just, like, sit. Like, try to think of one yeah. memory. Yeah, like, one sense. Yeah. Um, like, your especially smell is really If you could remember, yeah, like, a lamp was in the room. And you're mm -hmm. like, was there a lamp in the room? What kind sounds? of going out from there. Or, like, I know in my childhood home for, like, I think the whole time I was growing up, we had... It was like a small grandfather clock, like hanging on the wall. So a tick tock. But it had this very specific, tick. like tick tick tick. 
And then when I go back and listen to that sound inside my head, I can go back to like these moments of like, I remember like being sick. I had scarlet fever for like nine days. I laid in the living room with like a fever and listened to that tick, 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 tick. Talk about PTSD. I know, right? (laughs) And then every time your eye is like twitching and you're like, stop it. God. Yeah, that's, it's good. And it's crazy because like with memories, like one memory, if you can summon up one, they can link you to like, maybe like hundreds. It'll Mm -hmm. be weird. Maybe not hundreds, but. Like webbing out. Like, yeah, Yeah. it will. And then you'll be like, what? Or I had like this very vivid moment. Like I was driving actually up here and I had this just like vivid recollection of something like that happened in my childhood that I write about in my memoir. But it was just like this super fucked up moment. But it was like. My whole life I shut it down and it happened when I was probably like nine years old and then it just like surfaced and I was like mm-hmm. so irate, almost like I was like so mad at this person who had done this thing. I'm like, how the fuck could you do that? And this is like 30 years later, oh like my gosh, 29 yes. years later. Isn't that crazy? I've had like a very similar thing happen to me. There's, I wrote about it in my memoir, so it's in there. It's about... The families I lived with when I first came out to Colorado. Oh, yes. And the, the way they families. treated me and the I'm way sorry. they talked about me. and like, But I awful. fucking blocked that out, Shelly. Wow. I found this journal I had kept like during that time. Oh, wow. In my adulthood. And, you know, because I just kind of like threw shit in boxes and moved and didn't even read it for so long. Good and it had to be, I know, it had to be like... 15 to 20 years later, I discovered these journals and decided to like just flip through and read them. And I started bawling and crying like it had just happened yesterday. And I really had a lot of work to do. I realized on healing from that. And I, I wrote, you know, letters I wasn't going to send. And I just wrote out memories and Mm -hmm. put it in my book. And, but that was so hard because I realized I was like, shit, I blocked that. I didn't even remember that happening. When you went from like your dysfunctional family and maybe you have like these unrealistic expectations oh my gosh I'm gonna be with these this is better it's gonna be great and then you wasn't like three or four families three or four yeah and it's like that's how wasn't the last one nice though yes I finally found like this super awesome family good and it's like that's how layers of that like complex PTSD builds up it's like these experiences where you find out over and over again like Mm -hmm how people are going to hurt you and let you down and don't trust. And, you know, and then you end up keep getting gravitated back towards more toxic people. And it's weird too, because like with the laws of attraction, it's like, that's the vibration we're in. And when we're in that vibration, like attracts light. So we just, and we think we we don't deserve any better. So that's just what we keep, it keeps coming. And I, I feel like the universe is always giving us things like that because it's like, you need to grow from this. And so it's like, you're not going to learn this time. Okay, I'm going to do it again with this person or this relationship mm-hmm. or this experience. And it's going to come back until you can maybe face it head on. And yeah. it, you like acknowledge it. Be like, oh my gosh, these people. It. And you did. You actually told Please. your parents and your parents were actually great about it. Didn't they like pull you out of the house? They did that that first family. When I was only like... The, the food lady? Was it the, the lady who no, was eating food? No, it was the angry vet okay. guy. That yeah. like to go shoot guns at the target range to uh, blow off his steam. Just be mean. To, just be mean to a little he girl. Just mean to like me and my brother. Oh yeah, you and your brother. Yeah. Did he have kids of his own? Yeah, they were in college. Yeah. And it's like why? Why did you offer your home if you couldn't be a host family? I know. Like, what is that going to help? And he's obviously an angry, angry 
deeply wounded yeah. man with himself. I know. And so I, honestly, every time, like, I have empathy for people. Like, I understand, like, all that anger and controlling or whatever it is. Like, that comes from damage. That doesn't make it okay. But, like, I, I get in there and, like, I'm like, yeah, you know, like, I can see that. Totally. That person is damaged and they're just, uh, instead of healing themselves, they're just like spewing more onto other people. ruining Which is so sad. It's so sad. And it's like, you would think like that maybe a church would like do a background check or I don't know, like ask some questions. Like, do you like kids? (laughs) If you're going to offer your family for kids to live with you, are you going to? Are you going to be nice to them? Oh, God. I know. <laughs> Are you going to be an asshole? That's a whole other topic of, like, <laughs> abusive behavior in church environments. Oh, yeah, totally. And, yeah. like, how a lot of that just is either brushed aside or even condoned is okay. Yeah, like, oh, it's fine. Yeah. You're a child, and that's an adult. Totally. Right? Yeah. But So she talks about, like, oh, I love this quote. She says, what would you write if you weren't afraid? Mm, everything. That's right. such a good, yeah, like, introspection onto your own. You know what's interesting is the more I've been blogging and writing, I feel like I'm not, I think I still have a little bit of fear, but I have written the most vulnerable things that I never in a million years would have thought that I would have written. Like even today I was just blogging about like my relationship with my husband and it is like very fucking vulnerable and real, and I don't really want my husband to read it. <laughs> don't, read I don't, don't read I'm not going to post it on. But I'm like, wow, I feel like, and it is so, like, I get this feeling that it's just like, I don't know if it's like liberation or freedom or whatever, but it's like, <gasps> I can sigh right? out. Yes. What would you write if you weren't afraid? Oh, gosh. Like, I mean, I think I am writing? doing it. I feel like you are. You've written yeah. so many scary things. Things I'm afraid. There's more. I have the sequel, but I'm very afraid of certain parts of it. But I think yeah, that is going to be good for me when I'm ready. It's going to show up. And it's going to be there, you know? Right. And I but, think, too, a lot of the underlying fears for people to actually know all of our ugly truths and that we're not the perfect person. Because yeah. it's like, oh, I'm a writer. I've got it together. It's like, no, I'm just a perfect or a person who's experiencing and allowing it. And mm-hmm. I feel like the more I write the more I, I realize, like, how fucked up I am <laughs> my things. And now how and it's, the, like, it's yeah. easier and easier, I think, to just be authentically, vulnerably and fucked up it. with yeah. people and just be like, I don't know. Well, like, and to just give I'm yourself permission to be a person because yeah. there is so much unrealistic expectations and just false idealisms of how we need to be and where we need to be. And, mm-hmm. like, my family and I were just, like, so fucking sick for so long and it does just give you kind of like a fresh perspective on life. Like when you can't even get out of bed cause you're so sick and then you're like, what's really important in my life? Mm-hmm. It does like, really what is bring you really, to that. Yeah. It? It's like, what's really important? Like all that, like I didn't give a flying fuck, like all the other things, like even social media, like I had, didn't care. I was like, I don't care about social media. I didn't care, care about, about breathing. Yeah. I, I care about, about breathing, walking. maybe <laughs> drinking water. I would like, my my sisters would call me, and the only other person was you and Jess. And it was like, those were the only people that I gave anything. And my dad, and that was it. And <laughs> your like, kids and, and my, everybody, well, yeah. Of course, of the course. people who live with me, I did care about. But it's just yeah. interesting. It's like a, a fresh mm. perspective of like, what is really important? But writing is important for me. It is. I know. Like, there was even a blog article I wrote, like, I want to say six months ago. And I felt too vulnerable to publish it, so it's still sitting in our drafts. Oh, which one is it? It's like healing 
homelessness and hope in a small mountain town. I know when I went through and read that this again this morning, I was like, okay, I think I'm ready now to put it out there because I think I just was afraid of the judgment, but who cares who's fucking judging me and why should they judge me? Go judge yourself. I was going to say, whether you're you're still there or that was your experience, like that you are vulnerable enough to share your story. And I talk about like healing from domestic, domestic violence and abuse and hard shit and how that got me through like that time in nature and and how do you how many people do you think they need to hear that so many I know right hundreds of thousands of millions of and people then I also you like could started save life I could I, I hope tell, I mean I am just saying it maybe really it could. helps one person but or hundred thousand <laughs> you never know. like I wrote a Another blog, which will probably come out maybe next or the next, about just raising a daughter to use her voice and be strong in herself and know and love herself and, you know, kind of operate from that, like, more heart center and not be shamed and guilted Mm -hmm. Um, because I – and how to do that when you weren't raised that way, when you were, like, told, like, shush up. Yeah. You know, don't speak your truth. You'll get rejected. You're not good enough. And then, yes. so it's called Bossy Daughters Dance Class. Oh, I like it. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I it's just that. like, I think it's a good one about yeah. raising these like very powerful, independent right. girls that'll become hopefully powerful, independent women. Right. Well, don't you even think like, I think there's so much power in blogging on its own and like it's so helpful mm-hmm. as a tool towards writing memoir because you can explore like so many little topics, but I mean, you can, you can get really detailed on them, but yeah, I think what is great about us and like what we're doing is like our stuff is so vulnerable and it's so real. It's not just like how to wash your dog, (laughs) (laughs) how to vacuum your carpet. Or even just, even like we write about writing and stuff. It's not like how to get an editor or, you know, Maybe yeah. those, it's more deep, like the process of facing like, your truth, being honest, vulnerable, right. real, imperfectly perfect. Right. Which comes back to like the beginning of Mary Carr's book right here. It's just like speaking your truth, like being an authentic person, like, mm-hmm. which is hard. I It's taken me 38 years to get here. <laughs> yeah. Like 44 for me. Right. But well, yes. I even think back like three years ago, three years ago, there's no way in hell I would write the things that I am writing today. I was way too scared. So as for that question, it's like, what would you write if you were afraid? Yeah. So many things that I'm writing today. <laughs> so, yeah, the shit I'm diving into. The shit I'm actually writing yeah. about today. And like, I think some more things I wrote down we naturally tend to superimpose our present selves over who we were before. And that can prevent us from like really facing the truth is, well, you know, I wish I had thought of it this way, or I think I thought of it this way. And instead of going into how you really thought, like maybe you really did, maybe you really were being manipulative and wanted that person to go down. Right. Totally. And at that moment, like now you're like, Oh, that's awful. But you've got to write it. Own from, that shit up. Yeah. Own that shit. Like I was a manipulative. fucker or whatever in that moment and i'm examining it like honestly well and you have to realize like we are all just people 
And like feelings and things like manipulation is so universal. So even if it's something that we've partaken on or whatever, like we've all done it once upon a time. Like yes. you see little kids doing it with toys and totally how they play. Scheming it out. Yeah, and, and it's like, yeah. you little stinkers. Yeah. I see that. But it's like. But it's human nature. Everything yeah. is so universal. Like we all have experienced like this eclectic array of things. And it is good to. It's it can be challenging though in like memoir writing to like summon that up and be mm-hmm. like oh yeah ooh yucky it's ugly yeah like even I was in my book Awaken You that I'm getting that we're getting ready to publish Sarah and I both oh so I close. my last round of edits has been uh, my mom has been helping me do it and it was so vulnerable and like I shared like I was being bulimic and being like super unhealthy and smoking weed and all this stuff and then she shared a really deep experience in her life that she said I've never shared that with anyone in my whole life wow and all because I shared my experience with her and like she had a similar experience in her own way and Mm -hmm. like and she's like I haven't talked about that for like 30 years and I was like oh my gosh like how I'm so grateful that I was really afraid to write about my like bulimia and all of that stupid I say stupid. It wasn't stupid. It was just where I was at time in time. But it was so cool because it connected me to her like on such a deeper level. Yeah, that's awesome. By sharing my and I think truth. oh my gosh, that's another thing she said. I wrote it down because I was like, damn, that's so cool. Mm-hmm. She said, um, like that we when we hear other people's stories. It raises our levels of oxytocin, which helps us join together, like in that connection that we have. Yes. And so when you share your story, like you're the person hearing it, their oxytocin is going up. They're feeling more connected, more human, and maybe even like there's giving them a little permission of their own to be more open and vulnerable, right? Yes. And I think that's a Beautiful. huge part of why memoirs are so popular, why we feel called to write them. You and yeah. I, that connection, that like, and I love her quote here. It says, it's from the need to capture the shared connections between us that symphonies were invented. Mm-hmm. Ditto memoirs. Oh, beautiful. Isn't that great? Yeah. She's got her way with words for sure. She does. She's very talented. I would too be interested in re listening to her books or reading them, her memoirs. Yeah, the memoirs. Because sure. this is about like, she was hired to write this book to help train memoirists. To write, but she has her own memoirs. Author of The Liars Club. Yeah. And Lit. I think Lit is just a separate book. And then I think Cherry is another one. I think Cherry is the one. Cherry's the more controversial one, maybe. I think Cherry is the one like popping her chick, like, but like good. But share your shit. Well, and this was one thing that I don't know if it was in Mary Carr's book. I don't know if it was, but when you're writing memoir, there's like a fine line, right? Because it's like you do want to share all of your shit. But if your story is just so deeply sad and depressing and it just spirals down, Mm. like it's going to be hard for your reader to get through. So I think that we have to come to a space, like you were saying, like that reflection, like don't do it. Like, so in the moment where you can, so down about it. Yeah. Like maybe you can show like your growth or even just like getting Mm -hmm. out, like how, you know, you were in a very abusive marriage and it took you down and it's, it is sad and awful. Well, but then and you the get out. The thing is, too, is like the following, yeah, like memoirs have to follow a story arc just like any other yeah. book. And so you identify what is the primary struggle or what is the primary kind of obstacle or goal of this character, which is you, but still it's a character. Yeah. And how and do the they go from like point A to point B? How do they overcome that or learn something or grow yeah. or change? And like for me, 
it's like finding my freedom and like trying to escape and thinking this guy was my escape. And it turned out to be like frying Worse. pan to the fire. Yeah. Yes. Like thinking, woohoo, I got this. And like, bam, bam. crash, burn, boom, fail. Like The universe is like, I'm going to keep testing like, Nope, you. you got this. You don't need a man. Like, yes. get. Goosebumps. And so finally I did it. And then like pregnant with someone who dumps me. And then yes. again, like it feels like crash, bang, boom. But again, I feel strong because of knowing I did it in the past and I rise up again and yes. take, no, I'm going to do this. Right. So good. And so that's my story arc, I guess, of like yeah. trying to find my voice, trying to find my freedom and stand up for who I am Yeah. and having all these obstacles like in my way. Yeah. But good. And that is like, can be a hard question. It's like, or I think to a good question to ask is like, what do you want your readers to take away? Or like, mm-hmm. what is your, or like, yeah, how them. are they going to be inspired by this? Right. I know it's like, and when you're put on the spot, it's kind of hard. But it's like, I think for my book, it's just that I hope that people can awaken to who they really are and be exactly who they are and know there's nothing wrong with them mm-hmm. and that they can awaken to their life now. And you don't have to wait for tomorrow or, and then, and then, and then that you can do tangible things for yourself. Like right now, like yes. today is the day, the first day of your life. Like you don't have to wait for next year when you're older. Or... Make a plan for awakening you. Yeah. <laughs> Make a plan for awakening you. Which is funny. Have you had that yet? Like are people like asking you, what's your book about? And then sometimes I freeze oh up and gosh. others I can just be like. Yeah. It's well, a big question. That is what you should write on your back. Like what What would you say in like your two minute breakdown, your one sentence breakdown one sentence Your one paragraph so breakdown. Yeah, like you need to have I've got mine bri- broken down from I had seven sentences to five to three. That's still hard, yeah. It's hard, but you can get down to the nitty gritty, but I can spend like a freaking week doing that and like, wow, like I'm crazy. But I've, I've like done it so many times and it's like just like your practice muscle. You're just like hitting it hard. Just like, oh my God, this is hard, but I can just do this. And I think the most liberating thing that's been for me with like writing is like highlighting and then just fucking pushing delete. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I didn't even mean that. That's that an it's like five sentences. I think it's like it's, yeah. I think energetically too, it just allows you to let go of so much because you have like sometimes right, like writing a book can almost in moments feel like a burden and this weight on your shoulder. You're like, oh my god, there's so many things. There's all of these outside things. Mm. Like, and we're our own publishers, so. We have so much shit. Like, it's not like we're just like, here, take this. Like yeah, a lot of make people. Make my work great. Yeah, where Sarah yeah. and I are doing everything from the ground up, and it is overwhelming as fuck. Like, there's, you know, there's it so is, many yeah. steps. And every single time I feel like I'm ahead, I'm not. Like, I and was like, more, yeah. my book is edited. Oh, wait, all the files are fucked up. So, blah, 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 blah. And then I have to try to figure out, oh my God, how do I do? And that's where I am right now. I'm like mm. trying to figure out, I need to merge all of these filing and editing sessions that just got saved throughout our thing our yeah, word you've got to like put it together into one coherent document yeah. and then sending it off to the person the interior person and then trusting that like they're not gonna like well you just keep you have to it. track changes yeah you track yeah. your changes well and then so like we'll copyright like it protects you from people trying to take your business and the thing is is once you write something it's legally yours Right? Mm-hmm. We've had editors, we know each other, and if anyone ever did right. anything, you would just... And you can upload, I guess, like a copy to the database, so mm-hmm. it timestamps your date. Or there's other ways to do it, too, well, where it, you timestamp yeah. like your material to say, this is what it was on this date, 
Mm-hmm. And if anyone tries to use it after that, then it's going to be like, no, look. Yeah, well, that's why you copyright. And then once you copyright, I think there's an option to upload to the Library of Congress. And that's what I was like, saying. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. To get your content there, like by the date, here's the exact. Yeah. But I mean, book. we even know some people like Sarah Maneras, she was like, I heard that you don't need to do that. And some people don't do that, like copyright. But it's, I think that. Legally, it's probably in your best interest to keep you the safest. But if you look up copyright, it's like once you make something and you are the creator of that, and put thing, it out there. And yeah, it's like you mean, own yeah. it, so you could fight it. But we're not putting that yucky vibe in the it's universe. It's great. So this book, like, I appreciate it, and I love the the cover of it. It's very simple, and I love how it's like. It almost feels like the texture of a paste page of watercolor. Mm-hmm. It does seem like watercolor. And how like the the writing is very handwriting. Yeah, and it's like the is like kind of tilted at an angle up art and mm-hmm. then up and then it's it all in black and then memoirs red and then black like it's white and black and red and it's it's awesome. Like it's simple. And it's but just very words. Good. And they're no just pictures, words, yeah. no pictures. It's and I like how she does have from Cheryl Strait, who wrote Wild, which is a memoir will be the definitive book on reading and writing memoir for years to come, which we need to do that book as um, one of our book clubs. I actually have mm-hmm. it at home, and it's so thick, and I've gotten have through you? about half of it. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. It's this woman that her mom died, and she decided to hike the East Coast Pacific Trail, and she had no you told experience. Me about that. Yes. Yeah, just like disgusting, and clunky boot. boots. And, yes, and then she went barefoot, <laughs> and it took her three months. And, but it was her her healing outlet, and it was like what got her from legitimately point a to z <laughs> dude it's so true like yeah. walking has been such good therapy for me just yes. every day taking a walk like i don't it fell off the walk wagon <laughs> yeah I, fell off my walking wagon. I don't know if that's even the right way to say it but i anyway, fell off my tennis shoes <laughs> i didn't do it for like a week and i started to get super depressed and like things started to feel completely down in the dumps down in the dumps and i was like oh my god i just got really busy and thought i could cut out my daily exercise and mindful movement stuff like nope it controls so much movement does it changes our emotional state our mental mental and just energy levels like I wasn't sleeping as well at night like I wasn't as balanced in all these areas I was like holy shit because exercise does it boosts all of these levels plus it helps you sleep Mm -hmm. and then not sleeping has all these other consequences that like so it starts domino effect you know like this falls and then this falls and then you're and like oh gosh I really need coffee I need a cookie <laughs> too much I need caffeine sugar. And yeah and then you're like jittery yeah. it's interesting I know because I was super sick and I I still though would do restorative yoga because I had the worst body aches but I was mm. still doing restorative yoga even though my body was like no it's like body yes even if you're just laying here for five minutes in child's pose yes you're fine <laughs> child's pose saved my ass yes basically it feels so good I was feeling like crappy crappy yeah balls Mm -hmm. i'll close i think with this quote from her book which i think really i love she's amazing everyone i know who wades deep enough into memory's waters drowns a little oh that's goosebumps isn't that good but i feel like real quick though out of stars how many stars would you give her um as far as a book on how to write memoirs i'd give her well, wait, so let's Like talk. one to five stars. <laughs> <laughs> wait, is it a hundred stars? That's always a hard one because I'm like, I, I would yeah. say the maximum. Yeah. I mean, she's so good with writing and using words. and 
I agree. I would definitely do five star. Five point yeah. five star review for Mary Carr. Yes. And we, I would definitely recommend this book. And I think it is like for sure a must if you're thinking about writing a memoir. Mm, that yeah. this book would be super helpful. And maybe one day Sarah and I will collaborate on a Voices Rising Press book of how to write a memoir yeah. and like what are our big takeaways. The process of it all. Yeah, because it is. It's it's hard to to commit to that and then to jump into it. And once you do, it's almost like you can't climb out. And I like that quote of like, like you are yeah. drowning and then you're like, am I ever going to catch a breath? <laughs> Where's my life raft? It's yeah. Hard. It's like almost like getting into the bobsled at the top of the icy run and you know you can't get out to the bottom almost. You just and you're gotta like, go. I'm in it for the ride. Which I know I need to just plug in and do it because I keep procrastinating. Me too. I've been it's really, so I've been so overwhelmed, Shelly, with I feel like these classes I'm taking and my job switch and everything's just. I feel like that as so well. So I had to let myself yes. off the hook a little bit and just say, you and know that's what? That's okay. Things will slow down, and and right now I've, I'm mentally doing a lot of things that I'm not physically doing. But I'm like, when the time is there, it's gonna be right. like. Brrr, well, it's know? like you have to follow that like inspiration, and mm-hmm. I really believe that there's like, like a time, a, se- a reason, a season, or a lifetime for everything, and it's like, yeah. like, and I'm homeschooling my kids, so and that's like a lot, and I'm always around my kids, but I'm like, I chose this, and I'm doing this, and then I have to like carve out the time and. Like, show up here, and, and even sometimes yeah. I, the idea of, like, blogging, and then I'm like, my book, it's like, okay, stop. Stop the overwhelm and just take it one thing at a time. That's, like, all we really can do. And then in those moments where, you know, you're cedar-free and rowan-free, and then you're just like, oh, my gosh, you feel that inspiration, and then, you, like, Sarah like does pumping it out, for, yeah. like, fucking 12 hours, <laughs> and then your book is born. <laughs> And that's exactly it how it'll probably happen. Yeah. I, I'm sure mine will. T- my book is already, I have a hundred pages on my memoir. So I'm like, nice. I'm trying to keep it under 300 with editing and costs and things. But who knows? It could go it more. It could be a little, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal. Like some memoirs are short and some are long. I think if the story's being told right. in the right way with the right arc and everything, then just do it. Well, and even like, I've like had this like inkling. I'm like, I kind of like have this. I want to print my book at 14 font for people who have dyslexia because it is so overwhelming for your eyes to read and things, but it would take like 70, 125 extra pages. Could you just make like a little more space or? It's like the, the, the small font, it like fucks your eyes. So it's like, if you get bigger, if you get to like a 14 font, like I actually have this book for Junie that is for dyslexic readers and it's a size 14 font and it has like a 1.5 spacing and it's so much easier to follow, Hmm. but it's just an idea. But yeah, extra printing and extra. Yeah. But also helpful. Certain like typefaces or fonts that would be that you could select. Like maybe we could have this for like, I could set it up to have that option for Mm -hmm. like a dyslexic reader this or obviously like or the regular, recorded or yeah. the recorded version audio. which is audio it's much better yes, but this book is lovely and we're so grateful for for mary carr and being a real person Honest, vulnerable yeah and writing her story even when it's hard and even when there's critics and all the bullshit of the world just still writing and staying true to her her mission mm-hmm. it was like one thing that i just finished up another book, which I would hope that we would um, bring it into this book club was Broken Open. Yeah. And it's about just like breaking open 
but it's just like maybe asking yourself a question like what is my soul's purpose and like am I staying true to like my life mission so no matter like wherever you are just you can question yourself be like is this true to my life's mission mm-hmm. and maybe you don't know what that is and you can sit on it for a minute or yeah like am I honoring my truth by yeah. doing this or being this like is this or even is this like me? is this work like I was asking myself that with like what I'm doing with you and mm-hmm. my blogging and writing and like is this true to my life's mission and purpose and fuck yes it is and hell yes yeah it, it is <laughs> yeah. but when I was doing hair I've been like now oh gosh like I know. serving tables yeah no. I know and I'm actually doing art for my job and I'm so that. excited and happy to go to work and like the day goes so fast and I don't even realize it's over. It's awesome. And yeah, it's awesome it. when you're doing, when you're doing the right thing and you're in alignment and all those things are true. It's like, it flows. Right. And if you're in that, it's like, everything is just like a stepping stone. Mm-hmm. Like I just keep imagining us. Like I know that it's like hard in these early stages where like a year we've been doing this for a year almost. I know. But then I'm like, I was like seeing this bigger vision for us. I'm like, yeah, it's small and we're like working our way up and we're still doing all these other things. But I'm just like seeing in like five years and like, I'm seeing like a publishing house where Sarah and I like go into the office and I don't even know if this is realistic, but maybe we have our own printing machine. We're going to print our own books. That'd be so cool. Yeah, <laughs> just like, or have like super good have contract like with a good printer and yeah. know everything that's like And we have like up. weekly yoga classes that I teach our team, <laughs> like bringing just like all so of these cool. things, like yeah. just like seeing the, sometimes I think it's easy to get trapped in like where you are and what's not going right. And I, for me, I'm like such a dreamer. I've always mm. been such a dreamer and an imaginer and like a daydreamer. So it's like helpful for me to like look into the future and be like, yeah. yeah and like put it good. out there. I know I was just kind of in the same vein, but in a different perspective is I was reading this comment or whatever about like what if we are in a matrix or a computer Mm -hmm. program and what if you could program your life the way you wanted it to be instead of thinking oh everything bad always happens to me like then you make that happen yeah or thinking like I really want this and I'm going to manifest this or intend this into my life and maybe you're programming your reality who knows I don't I mean I really believe in like manifestation so I do in whatever, yeah, for that. whatever reasons or when you watch, have you ever seen the Matrix? It's really like, oh my gosh, yes, this could be real. <laughs> That's for another day, another day, another topic. Well, right. just thank you for listening. We're so grateful for all of you listeners. This was a, a good, another good book club. And maybe did we set up our next book club? What are we thinking for next time? Yeah, well, we've talked about fear, self compassion. Yes, we've talked about broken open. We've talked. There's this one I've got downloaded right now called um, The Body Keeps the Score, which is about body and mind connection and trauma healing and things like that, which would be good. Yeah, that's good too. So many things. Okay. So maybe we'll buy like our next. Plus your book. Yeah. Plus my book and your (laughs) book. Well, maybe buy our next podcast in two weeks or another week. Yeah. We can announce. We'll decide what it is. Totally. And we have some great author interviews coming up. Yes. VoicesRisingPress.com is where you can find a listing of all of our episodes and different platforms to find us on, as well as our all of our blogs. All of our lovely blogs. Yep. Plug in. Get yourself a little inspiration or just a little connection. Hell yeah. Yeah. Love it. Thank you so much for being here. We truly appreciate all of you listeners. Please head over to your favorite platform and rate, review, comment, and share to help us be heard by even more people.